1: Take care of your flock. The Lord has given that to you and he expects you to be good stewards over them. Feed the sheep. Feed them the entire counsel of God. Don't stray or shy away from your duties. Don't take certain passages and go, you know, I really don't want to talk about that. Skip over them. Feed them the entire counsel of God so that they have the entire truth as it's known. When you do that, your flock will be prepared when danger comes. Your flock will be able to discern false teaching that's what Paul was saying to them.
0: Have you ever had a leader who would only share some of the information needed to do your job? Good leaders will always share all of the knowledge they have to complete a given task or job. Today, Pastor Dave explains how Christian leaders are to take care of their flock by giving them the whole Word of God. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 20 as he continues his message, Paul's Farewell.
1: We are in Acts 20. We will probably finish this chapter today. We are in Acts 20. We will begin with Acts 20, verse 28, and we will go through verse 38. So if you will turn in your words there. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this... That after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are being sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said... It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they should never see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. So over the last several weeks, we've been examining Paul's farewell address to the Ephesian elders. Paul's on his way to Jerusalem, if you don't know, and he has called for the elders of the church to come meet with him. And what he wants to do is he wants to impart upon them some wisdom. He wants to encourage them because he knows that he's leaving and probably will never see them again. During our studies, we have watched and read as Paul has poured out his heart to these men, these men whom he loves dearly, these men that he served with for three years in Ephesus, these men he calls faithful servants. I'm sure that they met regularly with Paul. I'm sure that they always had these meetings that they would meet with Paul. They would pray. They would study God's word. But this was different. This was a different time. They knew that Paul was leaving. They knew that where he was going. And they knew because Paul had told them what awaited him there in Jerusalem. So I'm sure that these men now are pretty apprehensive about this. They're kind of wondering what's going to happen to us What's going to happen to our ministries? What's going to happen to the people that we shepherd? What's going to happen to ourselves? They were worried about these things. What would happen? Paul's leaving. What's going to happen now? As we studied, we found that this was a unique situation because here we see Paul being a pastor. Most of the times when we read about Paul, he's an evangelist or he's a super defender of the faith. But here Paul is being Pastor Paul. And he's talking to his flock. He's talking to the elders that were raised up in his midst. And as we look at this address, we can see a glimpse of how Paul ministered those years he was in Ephesus. We get a glimpse into Paul's heart. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, as we reviewed the first part of this message, Paul reviewed his past ministry in Ephesus with the elders. And he spoke of the Lord's faithfulness to the church and the way that they were faithful to what the Lord had called them to do. Last week, as we studied the second part of Paul's address, Paul revealed to us his personal feelings. Paul reviewed to us exactly how he felt about himself and how he viewed himself. Today's message Paul now is going to look at the future. He's going to look at the future of things, and he's going to warn the men of the dangers that they face and their churches face when he leaves. Now, if you remember, from the beginning of this series, we've likened this this address of Paul to a general speaking to his men that they fought a long and hard war, and he's saying goodbye to them. We've made that analogy. I mean, it's been three years. Paul's close to these guys. They've prayed together, they've cried together, they've suffered persecution together, and there's a bond, there's a serious bond. When you're in ministry with somebody for a long time, a very, very strong bond forms with those people, a very, very strong bond, and when it's broken by someone leaving or something else, it's difficult, it's hard when that bond becomes broken, and Paul is facing that, because these men have formed a mutual love, not only for the Lord, but a mutual love for one another. Genuine love through the Lord Jesus. But yet as we study today, we see another characteristic that a general might have for his men. And that's one of concern. That's one of worryment. Because a general sometimes has to send his men into battle. Sometimes a general has to give the order for the troops to march, knowing that some of them might not come back. The general has to give the orders for men to go into battle knowing that what awaits them could be horrendous. But the general, if he's a good general, will always prepare the men for the battle by telling them, well, this is what the enemy's like, and this is where they're encamped, and this is how many they have, and blah, 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 and gives them the information that they want to know. And this is where we find Paul today. He's going to tell the Ephesian elders, wait a minute, guys, there's some things coming your way that you need to know about. I'm not going to be here. You're going to be all by yourself. You know when a general sends men into war where the generals sit. The generals are important, so they're usually in the back. Gone are the days of the Civil War and the days before that when the generals were at the front of the pack on the horses leading. They were always the first one killed. Generals usually are back, and they send the men in. This was what Paul's getting ready to do, and we see that. The men have to be aware of who the enemy is. They have to be aware of his schemes and his trickery. They have to be aware of what's going on. They have to know this. And they know this now because the general warns them. We ended last week's study as Paul saw himself as a faithful watchman. Paul was a faithful watchman. He declared the entire counsel of God to these people. It made him innocent of all men's blood. Read verses 26 and 27. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. We said that Paul was now referencing referencing Ezekiel 3, verses 17 to 21, and Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 9. Being a watchman is an extremely serious job. The watchman had to stay awake. The watchman had to stay alert. He had to be ready to sound the alarm when danger was approaching. He had to be faithful, not fearful. You know, and as I was writing this, a thought came to mind. From time to time, I turn on and I watch The Deadliest Catch. Yeah, I do. I watch it every now and then. Don't like all the bleep out words, and it kind of disturbs me. And I'm watching it less and less. But I, I do watch it from time to time. And last year, one of the guys was sent at night to pilot the ship or pilot the boat. And he was up in the wheelhouse sitting there, and everybody else was asleep, including the captain. Well, they were steaming ahead. And there was an ice field up there. They had no idea where it was. And the next thing you see, the guy, he pulled a Eutychus. He went to sleep. He went to sleep at the helm. And guess what? The boat crashed into all this ice. Well, I saw the movie Titanic. I know what happens when boats hit ice. Well, luckily, their boat didn't sink. But you get the picture I'm trying to paint here. When you're on watch... When you're on watch, you need to be awake. You need to be alert. You need to be watching out what's happening. Paul says, you're a watchman. God has given you a flock. Now watch out for them. Watch over them. Feed them the entire counsel of God so that they will be prepared. So that they will be strong and strengthened in the Word of God. So they will be able to take care of themselves. Take care of your flock. The Lord has given it to you and He expects you to be good stewards over them. Feed the sheep. Feed them the entire counsel of God. Don't stray or shy away from your duties. Don't take certain passages and go, you know, I really don't want to talk about that. Skip over them. Feed them the entire counsel of God so that they have the entire truth as it's known. When you do that, your flock will be prepared when danger comes. Your flock will be able to discern false teaching. That's what Paul was saying to them. But now Paul the watchman wants to tell the elders that, hey, speaking of that, Trouble's coming. Speaking of that, I'm going to leave and, you know, trouble's not too far away. But you need to recognize these dangers because they're going to come in and they're going to try to eat your flock. He says, be vigilant. Stand guard. Be a good sentry for your flock. As we begin, we look at verse 28. He says, we're back to this because we talked about this last week. This is where we end it. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul tells the elders to take heed. The definition of take heed means to mind, to regard with care, to take notice of or attend to. It means to observe. It means to watch out for the danger that's coming. The Greek word is proseko, And that simply means to be aware, to be serious with a steady look. Church is serious business. Church is serious business. Why? Why is it so serious, Dave? Because God purchased this with his blood. God purchased the church with his own blood, and he wants us to take a serious attitude about it, to give it everything we have, to do what he's called us to do and do it boldly. Warren Wiersbe said this, quote, The church is important to the Father because His name is upon it, the church of God. The church is important to the Son because He shed His blood for it. And the church is important to the Holy Spirit because He is calling and equipping the people to minister to the church, unquote. The church is serious business. We must take matters regarding the church very, very serious, especially leadership. Especially Leadership. Paul says, take heed, beware, pay attention to the things that are going on around you because there's danger lurking at all sides. There's danger lurking everywhere. My wife and I just finished watching the movie Impossible. Impossible is about a family from Australia who is in Thailand on 2006 or whatever day that was, the tsunami came, I forget what date that was. on on the day after Christmas when the tsunami came. Anyhow, it's about this family and how they were swept away in the waters. And you know, they were keeping themselves afloat as the wars were waves, and they seemed to be doing a pretty good job. But the stuff underneath the water, all the damage and all the the debris and stuff, that's what was poking into their stomachs and, and tearing their legs apart and stuff like that. So it wasn't what's on the surface that was bothering them. It was hidden that was bothering them. Paul says, watch out for the hidden stuff. Watch out for the stuff that's hidden because it's coming in and you have to be prepared for it. He says, watch out, pay attention because there's a lot of things going around for you both from outside and from within. And here comes Paul's warning. Verse 29, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves were coming among you, not sparing the flock. Paul says there's dangers from the outside. They come in the form of false teachers. They come in the form of counterfeits. And they exploit the church for their personal gain. You probably have seen some or know some. They come in and they want their own personal agenda. They come in with this. He calls them savage wolves. You know the main difference between wolves and sheep? Wolves eat sheep. Sheep don't eat wolves. Wolves eat sheep. And they love to eat sheep. Paul says they're coming in from the outside. They come in as wolves in sheep's clothing. They look like sheep, talk like sheep, they act like sheep. But Paul says, nah, they're ravenous wolves. Be careful, watch out. They come in the form of heretics. They come in the form of cults, they come in the form of secularists, they come in the form of all sorts of spiritual enemies, but they come into the church. They come in and say, I've got a brand new revelation of the Lord, and I want to share it with you. They spread their trickery amongst the flock. They start looking for places of authority, places where they can gain power. And they come in to do nothing but to destroy the church and to rip it apart because they're savage wolves. They have a ferocious appetite. A wolf can never eat too many sheep because he's always looking for the next one he can attack. And guess what? They attack healthy churches just as well as they attack weak churches. The wolves are not discriminant. They come in and they attack. He says, be vigilant. Be vigilant and watch out. It's important for us to know the Word of God. When you know the Word of God, you know the counterfeit when you hear them. We're studying the truth project. We constantly study the truth project. I love the truth project because what are we studying? The truth. And we look at it, and it's telling us, and we learn it, and we learn it, and we learn it. That way, when the counterfeit comes up there, I spot them instantly. That's why we teach the Word of God. That's why Paul says teach the whole counsel of God so that you will know and you'll be able to stand and discern. Counterfeit, little arms go off in your head, and you know. You know, when you see false teaching, did Jesus say anything different in Matthew 10, verse 16? Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Jesus was speaking to the disciples. Things may look good on the outside. They've got a great appearance, but underneath, they're ravenous wolves. They're ravenous wolves. Paul tells the elders of Ephesus, be vigilant. Be careful. Be careful. Take heed. These outsiders are coming in, and they're coming in. And they're going to destroy you. Now, I believe this is one of the reasons why he says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, verse 22, not to lay on hands on anybody too soon. Don't lay hands on somebody too soon. Raise them up in the leadership. Get to know the person. Get to find out all about them. Let them learn who you are, know who they are, kind of let them know what's going on. People get mad at us sometimes when they come to Calvary Chapel and they want to make this their home. They don't want to sit for a while and find out who they are. They come in and they want to be on stage. Find out who we are. Read the Calvary Distinctums. Find out what Calvary Chapel is all about. No, they want to come in and they want to serve. They want to do, 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 do. Wait a minute. Enough do, do. Stay there. Listen. Learn. Let's get to know you. Let's see your ministry. Why did Paul tell Timothy not to raise people up too soon? Because their sins would eventually find them out, he says. We've got to be careful when people come into church. It's not that we don't want to serve. We have something on the, on the bulletin board that says we need help in ministry. We do need help in ministry, but we need to know you. We need to know who you are, and I think that's biblical, and I don't think we're doing anything wrong when we do that. People come in with a facade of looking great and being a wonderful Christian, but underneath there's problems. He says be watchful. Be vigilant from those coming in from the outside because they have an agenda. Savage wolves are going to come. They come into the fellowship. They come in and they're a danger to the church itself, their actual existence. Then he says, there are savage wolves inside too. Changes from people coming in from the outside to what's going on inside. Read verse 30. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Notice that they're not drawing away the disciples after the Lord. They're drawing away the disciples after themselves. Men are going to come in. They're going to raise themselves up. That's interesting. They raise themselves up. The Lord doesn't raise them up. They puff themselves up. They raise themselves up. They come against everything that the church stands for. They come against the leadership. They come against the structure. They come against what we do. They come against the songs we play. They come against the way we set the chairs up. They come against the way we do this, the way we do that. They come against everything because they have their own agenda. They come from within. They have a better way. You know, Satan loves to subvert from within. He loves to subvert from within. People looking for power, people looking for position, people looking for prestige, people looking for things that they can do, And they always look at a place where they're comfortable, accepted, and yes, loved. They look for a place where they're comfortable, they're accepted, and they're loved. And they start spreading their false things. Oh, they don't get up in front of everybody and start spreading it. They start drawing each people away, one person at a time. And they start spreading their little thing here. Little new thing, little new there. Maybe give you a CD, maybe do this. They start talking to you. And pretty soon, your head's kind of spinning. You really don't know where you're going. And they continue to talk to you. And then if they've talked to you for a while, they move on to the next one. And pretty soon, they've gathered themselves, this little group that's surrounding them. And they think, oh, he wouldn't lead us astray. It's, it's him. He wouldn't lead us astray. Oh, my gosh. And all of a sudden, they make their move. The church splits. church falls in pieces because the people that they've surrounded themselves with now become their disciples. He's not leading them to the Lord. He's leading them to themselves. We have to be careful of that, Paul says. We have to be careful about that. He warns the elders, you have to be careful. You have to be stay awake, watchmen, Constantly on your toes. Constantly gleaning and listening to what people say. Watching them. Watching them. That's what Paul's telling his elders here. Then he says now these dangers that are within now he gets personal. Because these dangers that are within aren't necessarily always within the church, but they could be within you. They could be within me. They might be within me, and we have to be extremely careful of these things. I think that's why he said in verse 28, take heed of yourselves. Watch yourself. The leader has to always be watching himself to make sure that he's connected to the Lord, to make sure that he's biblically correct, to make sure that he's doing the things that the Lord has called him to do. It's important for your sake. It's important for your sake and the leader's sake. He said, take heed of yourselves. Now, in the next several verses, verses 31 to 35, Paul's going to name five things. He's going to name five things that are especially destructive to the life of any ministry let alone leadership, but especially to those in leadership. And he warns the elders, though, he says, watch and remember. He's telling them to examine themselves, to look at yourselves always first. Beginning in verse 31, we read, Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So the first destructive action I see is carelessness. Carelessness in the ministry. Failing to stay awake, failing to stay alert, forgetting what price others have paid for the ministry to be here. It's easy to forget the hard work that might have gone on before. Paul says, This work went on with tears. Tears brought this work, heartbreak brought this work. One thing I've learned is ministry is full of tears and heartbreak. I've learned that. Paul says, Ministry is done with tears. In Hebrews 13, verse 7, the writer says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. The writer here in Hebrews is telling us to recognize and follow godly leadership in the body of Christ, leadership that is shown to be legitimate by the faithfulness to the word of God and to godly conduct, not careless. It's not a careless. You are assured
0: You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been making his way through the book of Acts, an exciting adventure into the beginnings of the Christian church. These first few days, weeks, months, and years of the Christian ministry were filled with much faith and courage. In fact, the very first martyrs were mentioned in this book. It was an interesting time in history for sure, and just like today, some people were eager to hear about Jesus, and others were looking to put those down who follow after him. What are some of the things that have stood out to you about today's message? We'd like to hear about it. Would you give us a call? Let us know how this message has impacted you. Our number is 609-884-5821. Once more, that number is 609-884-5821. If you're in the Cape May area, you're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. A Sure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, and we'd like to get to know you and worship God together this weekend. Check out AsureHopeRadio.com to find out service times. Again, that's AsureHopeRadio.com. And if you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. Just look for the links at AsureHopeRadio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But we hope you'll join us again on the next edition. Pastor Dave will continue on in the book of Acts, helping you understand and appreciate this great book here on Asure Hope.
1: Bye.